0: Hello everyone, my name is Ricardo Lino and I'm a wheel addict and welcome to the rebirth of the Skate Talks and, well, what can I say, I'm not a YouTuber. That's right. It might be um, a bit weird for some of you guys that only know me from the YouTube videos to hear me saying that I'm not a YouTuber, but I'm not. I'm a wheel addict. I'm I'm a skater. And the YouTube videos is something that came as a way for me to keep doing what I do, to somehow... Try to get more people to feel the same way about skating, if this makes any sense. Basically, I just want to (laughs) share. I want to share what I do on my skates and I want to try to get more people motivated to get on skates. And that's also the reason why I'm starting this podcast. Well, I don't know if I can really say that I'm starting a podcast Because I already had something. I used to call the Skate Talks. And the Skate Talks was, it was a, maybe a podcast that I was running on YouTube. And at first, I actually really enjoyed what I was doing there. Because the whole goal with the Skate Talks at first was to to give some voice to the industry. And... Not that guys like Matthias from Slide or Andy from Razors have no voice, but they usually speak through their own channels or something like that. So what I tried to do was try to make some interviews. I tried to make some interviews with some influential people on the skate industry, on the skating industry. So that was, I would say, like first semester of 2017. And it started quite well. We... I had like some some episodes with Jan Welsh that was just starting Big Wheel Blading back then. I also had some episodes, I also had an episode with Ollie Bennett, uh, Andy Wagner from Razors, Peter and Olga from Adapt, Matthias from Power Slide. It was going quite well, but it started shifting and it started shifting when I started going a lot with interviewing and having this type of talks with pro skaters. And it somehow, to me, became more of the same. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I actually love what some people are doing. I love what the guys from Jump Street Podcast are doing. But I started shifting a bit of what I wanted to do at first. And when the guys from Jump Street started the podcast, I, I just actually thought it wouldn't make any sense for me to keep doing what I was doing. It's It didn't add anything close to the same quality and it wasn't adding up to my channel, in my opinion, at least back then. So I actually decided to... Just slowly fade away. And that's actually what I did. But today, well, I'm trying to bring it back. I'm still trying to learn how these old podcast hardware, whatever, that I'm using works. But I'm able to bring guests. I'm able to to use a proper microphone, which I'm pretty sure if someone knows anything about sound is going to complain about my sound today. But <laughs> I will get there. I will learn. Um, now, I actually started this by saying I'm not a YouTuber. <laughs> it is true. I I don't consider myself a YouTuber. I do make videos from YouTube, but I just want to stay connected to skating. So this is another way for me to, to be in contact with... The people that usually follow my videos. I always had a lot of people when I used to make the skate talk saying that you should really put it on some podcast platform. Well, I did. (laughs) Last week I spent a, a couple of days because we actually made 35 episodes of those skate talks. We, me. I don't even know why I'm speaking about we because that was all me. But... Yeah, I ended up spending some time uploading all those episodes. So, right now if you go to any of your favorite podcast platform, either Apple Podcasts or Spotify, Google Podcasts, whatever you name it, we are going. We know me. I say we, yeah, it's we because this is this is becoming a team. You will see later. Later in this podcast, you will see. Anyway, now I'm calling this a podcaster. And no, I don't consider myself a podcaster. But this is a podcast and this is the episode 36 of the Skate Talks with... No, the Skate Talk. Skate Talk. It's not Skate Talks. This is the episode 36 of the Skate Talk with a wheel addict. So I've said it. Not a podcaster, not a YouTuber. (laughs) Just a skater. (laughs) Um... But why did I wanna bring this why did I wanted to bring this podcast? Or why do I, why did I wanted to make this thing? Well like I just said like some people actually asked me to put those files, those audio files that I did before in a in a in a audio platform. But at the same time I know that not a lot of people can watch videos but when you really like to skate or when you really like skating you live with it it's it's very hard to to be away from it and yeah of course there's a lot of people out there that love skating a lot and they don't need to be with skating in their ads the whole time but then there's the other ones (laughs) that they really want to like when they when you drive to work or when you go to the gym or there's always plenty of times of your day that you might want to listen to something related to skating, and that's what I'm going to try to do with this one. I know that today I'm not speaking a lot about about skating in general. I'm talking more about this whole thing that I'm starting. But at the same time, I I, I really think it's, it's a good thing to have a a skate podcast. Like at the moment when I start looking at what's out there as podcasts, there's like there's there's some, I would say there's a couple of aggressive skating podcasts. Like I would call I would say again the the Jump Street podcast. I know that Lawrence from Back to Blading also has the back to blading podcast. There's the Mad Beef. I'm I know there's more I might not remember. So Please, guys, don't get me wrong. Um, I know that the speed skating industry also have some podcasts. But when I start thinking as someone actually putting all these types of skating in one spot, I don't see it. And that's what I want to do with this thing right here. I'm someone that just, I just want to skate. It doesn't really matter if it's on aggressive skates or if it's, quad skates if it's broken skates if it's new skates i just it's something that i really love to do like a lot of the people watching this but it's something that i want to keep doing for as long as i can and one of the ways that i find to to keep me motivated it's by challenging myself and by putting different styles different types of skating, if you can call it, different segments of the whole skating spectrum in my life keeps me motivated. Probably I don't remember when was the last time that I skated 30 days in a row or with the same skates, because there's there's been a lot of situations where I've, there, there's been a lot of times where I skated more than 30 days in a row, but I don't remember the last time even that I'm, I don't even remember the last time that I skated more than five days in a row with the same pair of skates. Um and it's yeah, I might be a, a little bit spoiled when it comes to gear. But it's not just about having the new skates, not the latest skate. It's about just feeling something new. I don't know, maybe because I've been doing it for so long that it just I just feel like I need that a challenge sometimes now it's not always easy because when they're always playing with different stuff (laughs) you don't usually get as comfortable with any of the gear that you use right at least not the same as if you skate with the same pair of skates all the time and then obviously accidents happen because if accidents happen to the people that skate with the same skates every day, now imagine if you skate with a different pair of skates every day or a lot of the times that you skate, then accidents happen and then your back might hurt and that's what I've been struggling a bit with. Obviously not just because of the accidents but also because of it. Basically, I somehow very easily fall on my bum. I think that's the easiest way to say. I don't know why, but comparing to a couple of years ago, I didn't used to fall the same way. I used to fall maybe smoother, not as much as like a bomb. I don't know if you call a bomb, but at least within my friends, within my group of friends, we used to call a bomb when you fall like straight on your bum. So... Those kinds of falls seems to to happen to me more often nowadays. Not more often, but at least when they when they happen, I I most of the times remember about them. Um, and those in conjunction with me working a lot of the time of the day on the computer, because I do work with skating, but a lot of my day it's actually on the computer, editing videos. Not as a YouTuber, but. <laughs> editing videos or answering emails and it's been a bit hard on my back let's say it that way so I had to do some changes (laughs) I had to do some changes with with my lifestyle and so far so good I still (laughs) I still went out and skated and fell on my bum again two days ago no, it was actually yesterday, but, well, I guess it's not going to change that easy. But I can change the rest. And the rest is by trying to, to put a little bit of the day that I need to to focus on my exercise, other than skating. But I usually take my daughter to school before nine. And I actually have like a pretty good deal with a local gym. In the hometown, well, in my hometown called Sinj, I actually did some works with them, so I can go to the gym whenever I want. And I haven't been going to the gym, so something that I' trying to set as a goal is to to go to the gym in the morning right after dropping my daughter in school. I have like an hour of gym or something like that. It's basically I want to to do a couple of lifts so that I can work on my back, I can work on my legs, to be able to jump to rails, because this is one thing. If anyone knows me or if anyone has been skating with me over the the past five years, you you don't hear me complaining a lot, but you will hear me saying, I don't like to jump, which is the truth. I'm lazy when it comes to jumping, so if the rail is too high, (laughs) I'm going to be lazy to jump into it which sucks because I actually love grinding. So maybe going to the gym in the mornings will be a good thing for me. Other than that, I'm also trying to to divide, the split. I think that's the best word. The time that I'm sitting down and the time that I'm standing up while I'm here in my office. So trying to get one of those tables with a little elevator I'm I'm one of those tech geeks and yeah, one of those that get excited when one is thinking about the table for the office. Anyway, I want to get one of those tables so that I can split the time that I'm standing up and the time that I'm sitting down. When I used to live in South Africa up to one year ago, the last two years that I was in South Africa, I actually had a stand-up desk. And it was very, very good. It was very good for my back. But then, every now and then, my feet would hurt for standing up so long. Not even my back, my feet. <sighs> what am I going to say? It's not too easy to be close to 40. <laughs> so the struggles of wanting to skate a lot and sometimes don't, don't do to stuff that your body asks you to, so yeah, that's what I'm actually trying to do now, as I just said as I just said, I'm like, I'm trying to, to go to the gym more often get that table and obviously food food is very, very important we actually, me and Janice we started a diet like almost three weeks ago but the results are not really there I kind of, I think I lost like four kilos in three weeks I can actually say that I love to eat and like I've been struggling for this (laughs) these past four weeks have been three three weeks four weeks no three weeks four kilos yeah these past three weeks haven't been easy but I'll get there also something very cool that happened to me was that during this week one of my favorite skaters (laughs) One of my favorite skaters actually sent me uh, some exercise routine that I sh- he actually told me that it would be very good for my back and he shared it with a couple of his friends and until now everyone is feeling wonders. After, after doing those exercises, so that was awesome. Again, <laughs> I actually didn't try it yet, but it's awesome that someone went out of their way to send it to me. Anyway, another reason why I've been working so much is obviously, as I said, I'm not a YouTuber, I'm not a podcaster, but I do work a lot on a computer, and me and my wife actually started a shop, the wheeladdict.shop, and that has been also taking a little bit of our time. But because I have a full-time job, I work with Micro skate. Because I have a full-time job with Micro and then all these side projects to help my wife with the shop. That means that I'm going to need to stay a little bit longer on the computer, meaning that I'm going to sit down a little bit longer, meaning that I'm pushing it a little bit more on my back. That I just mentioned that I fall a lot on my back on my bum and hurts my back so <laughs> that's kind of like the um, the update that I just wanted to do here we will be doing something different with this podcast I will I will be bringing some guests I will be talking about different themes and I'm, I've been actually fixing my office so that I actually at the moment have a lot of my skates here ready to go. I have a lot of skates to make reviews. I have a lot of products like just looking up at the shelf that I have on top, I can see. I got like some gods, Michel Prado to make a review. I got some USD Chris Farmer to make a review. Yesterday I skated with um with the fifth element Niels Jensen's that I just got last week. I don't know if I should make a review on those. Actually, it was cool because Rosie sent me those skates f- as a payment from the ad that I put on the on the Winter Clash live stream. It was cool. I didn't tell them anything. They just once the skates were available, I got a message from Rosie just saying, "Hey, here's the payment from the ad that you that you put on on the Winter Clash live stream." We're sending you some some Neil's Janssen skates, which is awesome. I really like the the fifth element. But I've said it a couple of times that Neil Janssen is one of my favorite skaters for a lot of reasons, for being an amazing skater, for being an amazing role model. And in my opinion, the most professional athlete that we have at the moment when it comes to aggressive skating. Then I also have some rosy Tides. I think I should make a review on those. Even if I did a couple of reviews with the M12s, there's something different about these ones. The Corn Stash plastic. Uh, What else do I have there? I also have some... I'm looking to the top. I I still have the K2 Sodos to make a review. Which I don't know how it's going to skate. I know that A lot of people always say that the boot is super soft for how tall the frame is. I don't know. I always trusted K2 when it comes to skates on their... I mean, they have so much experience. It's hard to believe that they would make such such a basic mistake of having a soft boot with a tall... like a very bendy soft boot with a tall frame. But I'm going to need to test them, which I didn't yet. And then the guys from Impala also sent me the latest skates that they had, which is very similar to the first ones. But when I made the review on the first Impalas, I said that the wheels weren't too good. (laughs) And funny enough, about one month later, I got a message on Instagram from Impala saying, hey, we're about to release our new skate, and after your feedback, we change the wheels of the skates. We would like you to test them. It's actually quite funny because I would not I would never expect them to get back to me after that, but that's cool. They're they've been doing quite well, and I know that a lot of people have mixed opinions about um, Impala roller skates and Impala inline skates and now they release the skate they also release skateboards but the truth is I actually think it's good what they're doing for our sport because they're exposing what we're doing to a completely different audience. I mean if you don't know, if you didn't know I can tell you that Impala is owned by Globe and Globe is like very known in the Skateboarding and in the surfing industry, but the truth is, they have access to a completely different audience. As I just said, you will see these skates selling in a lot of surf shops. It seems like they're selling a lot in Australia, seems like in California they're doing quite good. And Glob has like a very strong network of like distributors and shops and all that. So, yeah, I'm not gonna say that. They're the main reason of this boom that we had through the pandemic. But I'm pretty sure it helped. I'm pretty sure they were showcasing our sport to different people, like the trendy girls that want to live that 80s lifestyle. Somehow, I think they, they had a little bit of a responsibility but come on i also think me without being a youtuber or a podcaster I, I want to believe that i have i had a little bit of influence at least when someone looked for skating videos they could find something <laughs> that's what i want to think but i got something i got something okay and because we're just having everything new, <laughs> we have, we're doing a facelift to this podcast. We are starting a new segment. And for this new segment, which is going to be called Geeking Out, I have someone which is probably, in a good way, I always say it, the biggest skate geek that I know. His name is Kamil czura He's from Poland. And the public is already applauding you. Right? <laughs> Wait, wait. wait. Oh, no, I did it wrong.
1: (laughs) Yeah. No, no worries.
0: (laughs) They're they're, they're, they're happy for you. Okay, okay. So, Camel, today I would like to speak a little bit about big wheels. I know that you know the whole story, probably much more than me. So, we would maybe talk about the big wheel cycle? If you want to explain that a little bit.
1: Yeah. So big wheel. Hello, everyone. First, (laughs) I would say. So uh, the big wheel cycle in aggressive skating, I would say, to be specific. Uh, You know, like uh, Ricardo, uh, I was never into aggressive skating myself. Uh, I came more from the free skating urban skating background. Uh, and, you know, I was curious about aggressive, and I tried to get into it multiple times, but the thing that always put me off is how bad the rolling, the actual rolling experience is. Let me explain. you. Because I love, what I love about skating is that I can just put on skate at my house and go out skating and skate for hours around the city, like the feeling of freedom on wheels. And I think that the aggressive skating lost that um in transition to become more focused on the grinding. So you got the call anti rocker setup stuff, then the smaller wheels, then the, even the freestyle say, French with only two wheels, like and this was what what I tried. So if you are coming from the even the fitness skate, the aggressive skates feel slow. They turn really bad. Like there's no agility, whatever in those. Like and I I was thinking a lot about why this happened because if you remember, and I'm sure that you remember that much better than me. Uh, in the beginning, it wasn't like that. Like people were skating with the 70, two millimeters, the seventy-two millimeter wheels. Uh, they were putting the green place on a Roche FTO.
0: Yes, Camille. Uh, Camille, uh, if you if you think of the um, of some of the first aggressive skates, they would come with big wheels. And if you look at the Hyper Collection back then, they had eighty millimeter wheels. They had seventy-six millimeter wheels. They have they had seventy two. So basically, the big wheels were the thing. You wanted speed, and
1: yeah, exactly. It, the first rollerblade lightning. I mean, like there the were the big wheel skates, and you know, like a uh, funny story. I, I think that you know the guy uh, Basha from from skate Yes,
0: yes, yes, yes. You yes. know him? Yeah, of course I know Basha. Uh,
1: several several years ago he was uh, reviewing uh, uh, doing a review of uh, specs of liner uh, if you remember that uh, they came up with the uh, like a really thin wrap around your foot type liner
0: Who? And, what um, brand what brand was that i
1: cannot cannot remember was it the, trust the
0: was it trust liners
1: Yes, I think that it was
0: from. Okay, from the guys yeah, from from. I think it was from the guys from what's the name of that skate shop? Uh, that's they used to have the YouTube channel with a lot of videos teaching. Um, I don't really remember. Yeah,
1: a- but, Aimo, but you, you get the idea what. Yes. Yeah, but you get the idea what what I am talking about. They came up with this like a really slim fit liner designed to work best with N uh, twelve and. The case. and you know, like uh, one of the complaints that uh, that Pasha has written in his review of that uh, liner was that it takes more time to put this case on and off. So when you are going between the spots by car, uh, it's less convenient. And I was when I when I um, was reading that, I was like, why would you want to go? in between the spots uh, by car Why don't you skate <laughs> <laughs> I get it <laughs> yeah, the, the, the thing is the skates became <laughs> I, I wouldn't
0: I wouldn't say unrollable, but you know that there was a time that there was a lot of people using anti-rocker 55 56s, 57s and that's not the the best rolling experience yeah, but then you still exactly. got guys like yes. Brosco Alex is skating 58s or 57s anti-rocker all day and <laughs> you you see the skill.
1: Yeah, but but you know, like, I, I didn't understand what he was, had in mind before I tried the anti-rocker setup myself. Like, it, it's so rubbish to skate on. And, you know, like, there, there was a phase that everyone was on anti-rocker and then it shifted towards more and more people adapting the flat setups and I think that this is thanks to introduction of the big wheels uh, into the UFS system. Basically, what uh, what uh, the power slide did with the with the Kaiser and the first power plating frame. Uh, they were at, at the very beginning. There were like uh, four times 80 millimeter frames. So this was just a free skating frame, but made of out of plastic. So it, could grind it but then uh, there was the level two frame which already had a small groove. i think that mark Sander has uh, designed those you you know mark
0: mm-hmm. i know
1: i i think that he he, he was the one the, behind this design then there was the back frame the level three uh, the ground control big and the ground control mega
0: but and tell me something, course. what about uh, Solomon? Didn't Salva, Solomon as a skate like the FSK? Was It, it was UFS 80mm too, right? I think there was. Yeah, and they, even they, PowerSlide they, used to have a skate with 80mm, I think.
1: They had. Uh, but you know, like the UFS is just a frame mounting system. So uh, Solomon had, uh, had a lot of, uh, of models based on the UFS, but uh, the. Uh, the frames were not really intended for grinding, especially the metal frame, the aluminum ones, I, I mean. Uh, they wa- had one model which was like 76mm max and it had like a very, very small groove, but it wasn't a proper groove like with H-block. It was just a cutout in the, um, in the wall of the frame. So, you know, like, the boot itself, the Salomon FSK uh, boot was also not very good for grinding, you know, like you lacked any uh, proper backside, backside plate, for example, or backside groove. Mm-hmm. The, and uh, they had uh, something that you could call a soul space, but it wasn't really much.
0: But the uh, thing is, was, you know, what's interesting, in my opinion, is that the frames were there. But the aggressive skaters weren't willing to test them because if they were UFS, there was a lot of UFS boot options on the market. They could even use those frames on other Solomons that were, that had a better soul space because they were UFS. There were the rollerblade TRS. There were a lot of other options on the market that would allow people to grind if that's, that's what it was. But at the same time, There was the possibility for people to move from place to place with the aggressive skating boots. But it took a little bit of time until people started using it.
1: Yeah, but I think that it all boils down to the marketing. You know, like uh, aggressive is a very hermetic bubble, I would say. Um, They, The the people in the aggressive is... uh, it is different now, but uh, looking back like 10 years ago or even, even more, they were not very interest, interested in the other types of skating that, that broadly, I would say like, uh, so even those of the, the frames were or, already there, like the Salomon uh, ones or the Rollerblade ones, uh, Royal Blade also made uh, the uh, UFS free skating frame. Uh, like, there was no one to um, show the um, aggressive um, market. I would say uh, the benefits of I, riding. Those I guess legs. that's only happening. Ep- this is, this the, is why.
0: Sorry, go 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 ahead. This sorry.
1: is why the power slides make the. This is why the power slides make the breakout because they put those frames, the Kaiser frames, on the aggressive uh, skaters' feet, basically, and the. Uh, started to, um, to make the edit, uh, the promotional material
0: and like more and more people got interested. And yeah, but you was, know how that happened? Was the, you know, the thing is, there, w- there was about the time that all the guys from, not all the guys, but some of the guys that used to skate for USD, back then they had these, the conference, which was all the brand, all the aggressive skating brands from Power Slide, they used to be in a group. And they used to call that group the conference. And they had the conference house in Barcelona, where Richie, Dustin, Richie Azar, Dustin Werbeski, even Dominic with would come. And, yeah, yeah, the powerhouse. And at the powerhouse, you know, like in Barcelona, it's not as easy to to move around with a car. People most of the times they move around in public transportation now. If you move around in public transportation, you're gonna end up seeing the same spots as everyone do. Now we're talking about pro skaters; they are looking for getting new spots and all that, and that's why they started using the skates. So they looked within the power slide range of products, and I remembered. I think it was this. I don't know if it was the cell frame or something like that. There was an 80 millimeters aluminum frame, and that's what Richie and Dustin started using. Ollie Bennett, they all started using that a lot to move around Barcelona to get like. Dif- footage of different spots and all that and from what I know that's one of the reasons or that's how the whole big wheel thing came along
1: I don't I don't know if you remember but uh, even before all of that happened uh, our slide was uh, I don't know if the skate actually got released uh, or, it, or if it was just uh, concept phase, they had like the Shadow FSK okay? uh with the aluminium frame, the the one that you are talking about, and you know, like w- when you. But it wasn't called it,
0: Shadow, right? Uh, it was a Power Slide Skate, right?
1: It was called Sh- Shadow FSK, but uh, I don't think they ever released it. I
0: uh, I remember even, I remember seeing a boot that you could put your own shoes in Decathlon Portugal. I don't know if that's what we're talking about. There was a a boot from PowerSlide that was somehow in the same concept, same style as the the Shadow back then. But Shadow back then, Shadow wasn't... I don't think Shadow and I don't think Dupe existed. And I don't know if by that time, PowerSlide had already bought Shadow. I don't know. But I remember yes,
1: that. Definitely, they definitely uh, did. Uh, you know the, uh, the slalom skater Scully. He was working with Power Slide. Uh, he, uh, I think it was 2006, 2007. He uh, even had his slalom pro model, you can say, S3 Scully. Uh, and I remember him uh, doing a short edit when, uh, in which he was skating slalom with the Shadow FSK, but I don't think that the skate uh, ever got released. (laughs) Uh, But there was also another skate made by Powerslide with the UFS and the sole plate and the cell frame. And it was called Powerslide Vintage, but it wasn't really uh, popular. Uh, It was based on the USD Ryan boot. So, if you know the USD Realm boot, you know that it's not very good. <laughs> you know, like Which uh, which boot
0: is it? USD what? USD what?
1: USD Realm. Oh uh, ah, the real ah, oh, the Realm skate, uh, yes. It's it's
0: that that was based on a um on a feeler Thiel. <laughs> skate, yeah. I, I tried them, yeah. I never really felt like I, I don't I don't really know. I, I'd never really had good feedback about that but i also never had bad feedback i don't think i tried them enough slide once sent me a pair of those like a long time ago when i used to skate for usd i remember i went out but at the same time i used to skate with classic drones and ufs drones and when they sent me that i went out i tried them it was so hard to do what i could do with the others that i never really gave them a real opportunity you know so yeah yeah <laughs> so i don't think-
1: I yeah. don't think if you if you remember, but uh, Nick Lomax actually got the pro uh, real boot. So
0: so yeah, so they even had uh, one pro model. Oh wow! It was all great. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, so I didn't remember that. Way that's... back, <laughs> the the it, it real. was. Was, yeah, was that his first pro model?
1: Possibly, uh, I think from USD it was uh, his,
0: his first. But I don't know if it was. He's the very first. Yeah, because I, I remember he, skate. he came from shadows. I remember the first time I saw Nick Lomax skating he was on shadows. He was crazy. He was very good. I remember he had backslide control like no other, which he still does. Anyway, we keep going and then they got those skates. Kaiser got those skates. But what we're talking about here is like a cycle, right? It's he, yeah. We said it already that when skating really started picking up, all the skates came with big wheels. Then... It started going small wheels and short distances to ledges and stuff like that. And then somehow it went back to the same. And where is it right now? Where Where is the whole big wheel movement? And what's the relation with aggressive skating right now?
1: So I think that the huge benefit um, of aggressive going back to flat setups and uh, bigger wheels is that... Um, when people from outside of the aggressive side, uh, the freestyle uh, skaters, the urban skaters, fitness guys, and girls uh, get into the aggressive, they can pick up the skate like, for example, on 72 or even on 60 and have a good rolling experience on this. It's not the off-putting experience that it was for me when I first tried the Anti-rocker setup up with 60 millimeter wheels, like the, it skates completely different. And this is a huge benefit because, uh, it makes more people sticking with the sport, you can say. And the relationship uh, between the aggressive has benefited the big wheels. Also, I would say the, the, uh, the free skating part because uh, there, there is a lot of talent in the aggressive scene. And there, not only the riders, but the designers, the product designers, uh, you know, they came in, took a look at what people were doing with the big wheels, And the most important part for me is that aggressive guys uh, said basically, but hey, like, it doesn't make sense to have a really short frame no matter what the boot size because in the aggressive was always like you had at least two frame lengths in most cases three like uh, SML and you know like uh, it was natural for them to adjust the size of the frame to the boot but it wasn't in free skating like if you wanted to skate uh, four times 80 you would always get Therefore, is uh, sorry the two hundred forty-three millimeter frame. Okay. So yeah, so all of the products that happened after I would say like the uh, merging of those two previously separated worlds, like uh, the the wiser frames, the endless frames, the Grand Control, which Grand Control came out with the HD uh, frames. They have. Uh, Two hundred seventy millimeters, uh, four times eighty frame. Uh, there was nothing like this on the market previously, and uh, you know I think that the experience and uh, the insight, the aggressive guys brought in
0: really benefited free skating too. Okay, so, so basically that you're that saying that the the merging of these two of these two sports actually benefited everyone because in speed skating you started seeing like uh, the companies being a lot more open to trying new things, but at the same time, the aggressive skaters also opened up to a whole new world where they can actually enjoy skating and not just running around on these little yeah, pebbles.
1: Exactly, uh, or, or riding around by car, <laughs> no, like, <this> <laughs> that's, that's interesting. That's, is,
0: uh, that's that is very interesting. That is cool. It's it's a I think it's a cool way to round up. Basically, it did a whole cycle, but. When it got back to the same point, it ended up benefiting everyone. And yeah. that's maybe something and for us to keep going. Yeah, Tell me, Tommy, tell me, sorry.
1: And, you know, like the final thought on this, it's not even on the, about the, you know, rolling part, but also uh, about uh, how you can use the skate in general. Because when you go back to the beginning of the inline skating, one skate was used for aggressive, for hockey, for for speed, for urban skating, whatever it was called back then. And like there was so much, you know, like uh, people going into the different direction with different equipment. And the fact that now a skate like, for example, Aon 80 exists, that I can buy the uh, skate. Which is uh, suitable for some basic driving, but I can also do a distance on this. It's amazing. Like going back like five, six years, there was no such skate on the market. Like everyone was different. Like oh, I, you I think you somehow. Went to a shop.
0: I think somehow Siba tried to do something close to that when they did the FRA. With the soul plate, yeah. it was somehow one of those skates. I think somehow it was done with the guys for, with Leon, that now has the wizard frame and shop desk and all that. I don't know if he had any influence on that, but somehow I think that was a really ahead of time for for w- what everyone else was doing. But I, I have to agree with what you're saying. It's yeah. somehow I, this. I, I totally forgot about those. To be to be honest, I totally forgot about
1: those, and I don't think that FRA was. Uh, very popular in the first place, uh, even back then, when it was released, uh, I I was huge into roller blade fusion skates, and, you know, like, uh, it was a UFS skate based mm-hmm. on the solo boot, so you could mount a sole plate on it. Uh, the powerblading frames already came out, so you could just put the plastic UFS big wheel frame on it, so the the FRA seems pointless to me from that perspective. Like converting the um, the uh, free skate boot into the uh, semi-aggressive. I, you know, I like it wasn't really appealing.
0: I understand what you're saying, but at the same time, this year, like a couple of months ago, when I went to the US for for live streaming the. Um, the blading cup, I ended up taking a pair, my only pair of skates with me was a pair of 80 millimeter micro skates. And when I got to Canada, I bought the FRA sole plate, which doesn't really fit there, but we we made some adjustments and we made it fit. Yeah. And that was the skate that I used through the whole trip. And I can't really complain. I actually really enjoyed it. I didn't grind that much, but I was able to do a micro here and there, a fish print stall here and there. But I could skate from place to place, and I actually did it. And that's exactly what you were talking about, Basha, saying that the skates were hard to put the skates on and off. And nowadays, like, man, we we got liners that take time to put in. Like, if you want to put, like, the intuition liners, they're going to take time to break in. They're going to take time to put in every single day if you're going to lace them right. If you have a skate like a lot of people are skating right now with which is the intuition inside a carbon boot. You really need to lace that thing properly from the toe to the top of the skate. Skates take time to put on, but then you also have a completely different experience. And that's something that I tried to do with this 80 millimeter skate that I just say with a sole plate. I ended up using them to make like a long distance in San Diego. not Nothing crazy, but I was skating like maybe like 15 kilometers by myself. And I would never do that with aggressive skates. So I think to... To round up this conversation that we had here, it was very interesting to hear that from your side and to to talk about like the products that were that actually happened through the through this cycle. But it, I guess we both agree that in the end, the um, the integration of these two sports just made in gen- these two not these two sports but these two different segments just made both of them a lot better, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, right. And just to clear things out, I'm not against like the traditional aggressive setup, the anti rocker. I think that uh, the issue was that it was the dominant setup for so long, like the basically the only option available. And you know, like inline skating is about enjoying yourself and uh, enjoying what you do. And uh, what happened with uh, big wheels coming back to aggressive and influencing the new flat frame, and uh, with the aggressive influencing the free skating, I think it simply gives more options to enjoy skating for more people. And this is, in the end, what, what is important. Right? Like, there is no right or wrong setup to ride. Whatever works for you. It's fine, I would say. Like, it's your choice, it, it, your skate, and your time, and you are supposed to have fun. So, if you are enjoying skating anti-rocket, do it. If you are enjoying big wheels, do it. If you want to go to the skate park on a three-wheel skate, like with the Trimex frame, and do some grinds, do it. Why not? I, I don't think like it's important what other people think is legit or not about your personal experience in
0: the end. Exactly. I have to agree with you. And I need to say thank you. Thank you so much for, for your time. And I'm excited for what we're going to talk next on the next yeah. Skate Talk. <laughs> and, and that was it. Kamil Cure from Poland is... I don't know if you guys could understand here, but he is actually the biggest skate geek that I know. You will see. There will be more episodes. There will be more times with Camille Chura <laughs> speaking with us, and there is it it's been It's been fifty minutes It's been a while. <laughs> I hope you guys enjoy what what we did here today, and now you know why I said we because I knew that I was going to have a guest. By the way, this part with Camel was recorded previously a couple of days before. And I'm actually doing a live stream of this with my YouTube members and with my patrons. So they're actually watching the live stream of this at the moment and they can watch the video after too. So it might have been a bit weird for them to see me just looking at this broadcaster, which is the name of the... The device that I use without talking because this was actually recorded previously, as I just said. Now that doesn't these doesn't really matter for all of you guys watching, listening to this. What does matter is that next week I'm gonna try to make this on Mondays. I think it's it's a good day. I make it on Mondays and then I upload it on Tuesdays. So let's see how this goes. Anyway, if you're enjoying this for the first time, if you're on Spotify, well you can Follow, I think it's follow what you do, right? I still need to learn about all these things when it comes to podcasts. But you can follow this podcast on Spotify and and that is it. (laughs) That is it. I will learn a little bit more how to optimize this so that more people can see it. And again, like I I most of the times, no, like I always say, just don't forget why we all started skating, that it's because it's fun. But also, I will learn about this podcast thing. In a way that more people will hear this type of podcast about skating. So that's it. Cheers. See you next week.